Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with Lyle and Gemma. Good morning. Gemma, how are you this morning? Good. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm always amazing. It's like Monday. It's... it's the beginning of the week. <laughs> what would, What is there not to be amazing about? The sun is shining. The windows are clean. The office is closed. The office is closed. <laughs> There's nobody else here because our office got trashed by the storm last week. <laughs> yeah, all good. Can you hear the sound of fans roaring in the background? No. Listen quiet. If you listen carefully, you might be able to do so. It's because our office is full of these like massive industrial fans and it sounds like jet engines when you step outside of the studio. It's a little bit, yeah. I'm actually surprised at how well soundproofed this room is. I'm very impressed. Well, they were talking about moving us to another wing of the office block. Oh, yeah. But this is the only place where the sound is blocked out. So yeah. it's the only place we really can function from. This is good. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. What are you thankful for today? Ooh, I'm thankful for a bunch of things. Pick one. Um, Just one. I'm thankful for... Did, did I already have... I think I don't think we had, we had family... If you say grass, I'm going to get really upset. We, what's wrong with grass? Every... No. Just, I only did grass once. You, yeah, but you mentioned it all the time. It's, it's so amazing. I love ah. grass. <clears throat> um, okay, so we had... Um, we had family dinner the other night, which was really nice. Nice. So um, the boys and their girlfriends and oh, yeah, that's we're right, they were all back for the weekend. They were all back for the that's weekend. Right. It, was, it was pretty amazing. So that was that's something pretty special to be thankful for. There was something else I was thinking of that I was really thankful for: car shows. Oh gosh, <laughs> yes, yes. Morpeth had like the biggest car show ever yesterday. It was amazing. Nice. Yeah, you should have been there. Mm. It was really good. Mm. No, no, you would have loved it. Mm. It would have been. It's just. It was. It was kind of hot and sticky. And but, but it was great. But ah, oh, so many cars. Fantastic. This is a reminder. You're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Are you thankful for grass? I well, I mean, yeah, like of course, you know, it's nice yeah, to have see? grass. I'm thankful for the grass with- that I have at my new house. Oh. Oh, I'm thankful, okay, so actually. Okay, you've, you've got some new grass. I am very, very thankful that my parents came on the weekend and they helped me move house. They drove five hours in a ute with all of my stuff and a bookcase and a bed and a fridge and a washing machine, and they drove it all the way out here and helped me unload it. So I'm very thankful for my parents and the weekend that I've had. Fantastic. Anyway, we're going to be back right after this song with Positively Different News. Left him in darkness 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Wendell Kingborough here on Faith FM. We are about to launch into our positively different news, but before we launch into positively different news, we are going to have a positively different quiz. Woohoo! And today's quiz is a what city am I? Okay, geography. Here we go. The man who rebuilt the foundations of uh, this got it, city. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. What? Did so at the cost of his firstborn. Oh, come on. I didn't even finish the clue. That's You're, you're such I got a show-off. I got that one at the word foundations. Oh, you're such a show-off. Can I read the whole clue again for everybody else out there who doesn't okay. have as bra- a brain as amazing as yours? The man who rebuilt the foundations of this city did so at the cost of his firstborn son. Now, how exactly did you get that with the man who rebuilt the foundations? Six, six words. It took you six words to get... That's because of my amazing brain, Gemma. Why? How do you ah. think? How do you think? It's just, it's just this is the this is the way my brain works. It's just six words. It's, it's a thing of amazement. Six words. <laughs> nah, good fun. Um, sometimes there are things in the Bible that you read, and sometimes you read them recently, and then they pop up in the clue. Oh, right. Okay. It's just like, <laughs> yep, know exactly what this one is. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well. No double prizes. Not that there are ever double prizes because you always get it correctly, but there no, will be a prize. No. Sometimes you go through into Encounter with God and I still haven't figured it out. Um, and sometimes double prizes do go out. But anyway. Rarely. There is a prize and bragging rights available to uh, first caller through right now, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call or send us a text message, 491 you got the correct answer, and you'll be getting a prize. What have we got for prize today? To be announced? Again, I have not picked anything okay, yet. Okay, it will be announced next in the break, next break. I next will break. pick one. Oh, oh wait. Image is everything book. We do. Never mind. We Image have a prize. Is everything. By Dustin Hall, and it is a book. I yes. don't know what it's about yet, but it looks great. Image is it's everything. It's got a cool cover. It's all about your image. Cool. Oh. Your, whole, your whole life, Gemma, is about your image. Nice. Is your life an image of you? This book was prayerfully written to lead young people to permit God to their leadings and thinking about how to submit to his will for their lives. Nice. This sounds like a cool book. Do I you want believe this book. in being true to yourself or true to Jesus Christ? Uh, this could be a really good book. Yeah, absolutely. Can I call up and get the prize? Uh, no. <laughs> is that not allowed? No, not allowed. Okay. Well, someone else better. You are disqualified. Gemma is super sad right now. Gemma, what's happening in positively different news? I am so excited about the story I found today. I'm super duper excited. Okay. To tell you about this story. So, there is an orchestra, okay, which is already why I'm, like, super excited. So, there's an orchestra, and they're doing something completely different that an orchestra has never done before. And basically, half the people in the crowd are holding balloons. Yes. And half of the other half of the people in the crowd are actually sitting on the stage with the orchestra. Right. And they're doing a concert. They're playing, you know, Bach and Beethoven and, you know... Yep. Lots of different things. Cool. And they're doing a concert. That's amazing. With balloons. Um, have you ever played the balloon? <laughs> no. Oh, you, you actually, play yes. Of, yes, I have. Yeah, because you can like hold the end of it after you like blow it up and then like adjust the pitch as you like squeeze you, the edge of the balloon. And you play Bach and Beethoven that way? Maybe not, but they weren't actually playing. Have you ever played Bach and Beethoven? I have. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I do play the trombone. I've been in a couple of different orchestras and there you go. things before. Um, but the Your reason... Your talents never cease to amaze me. <laughs> I, did not, I didn't even know that you played brass. Really? What do you not play? That was my very first instrument. Trombone was my very first instrument. What do you not play? 
Uh, clarinet and saxophone. It's, it's woodwind. Oh, it's brass. Woodwind. I, yeah, I play, play. I play the flute though. Okay, so you play woodwind. You play brass. You play percussion. You play yeah. strings. Yeah. That's all of them, isn't it? Yeah. So many talents right here. My mind is just melting out of my ears. But the reason, the reason for the balloons, the reason for the balloons, yeah, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, the balloons. was was not because the, they were playing the balloons. People in the crowd were holding balloons. Okay. Now the reason this orchestra um, from Hungary mm-hmm. did this concert in this way is they're specifically targeting those who are deaf. So the concert uh, and the performances are for those people who have hearing impediments or like completely deaf. So basically, um, because you hold a, you know, inflated balloon, the vibrations from holding the balloon sitting in the, um, I don't know, sitting in the audience while the musicians are playing, holding the balloon, you can feel the vibrations. I see you feel the music. Yeah. That's, that's just melting my brain once again. And then the other half of the audience who had, uh, who were like completely deaf or, or, you know, a lot further, you know, couldn't hear anything at all (coughs) would sit up, um, within the actual orchestra. So the orchestra, typically when you're playing in an orchestra, the seats are positioned in a very specific way mm-hmm. and the, the orchestra is set up in a very specific way. So you'll have woodwinds in one section, your brass in another section, your percussion all up the back and, you know, the conductor out right at the front in the middle. Um, and typically they're very tightly packed so that you can hear what's going on. Like you can hear the other parts and you can see the conductor and, you know, it's all set up in a very particular way. But for this Reason specifically so that they could fit other people onto the stage. They've spread out uh, their chairs so that they've got uh, room around them and they've had uh, other people come in and sit or stand um, around different instruments so that they can feel the vibrations. And for your bigger instruments, which conduct vibration very well, like your cello or your double bass, they actually had people come and sit and stand and put their hands on the instruments while the musicians were playing. That's cool. So that they could feel the vibration, so that they could enjoy the music, like we would go and enjoy a concert. Have you ever been to a concert? Have you ever been to an orchestra performance? Um, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Possibly. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Tons of fun. Should go one day. You should maybe. definitely go. But I thought that was so cool. That was something totally different because it's like we don't often think of, you know. Deaf people. Well, know, here's something interesting about music. Here's, here's something like, interesting about deaf people. How how do deaf people um, access the Bible? I don't know. Braille is a no. That's common, blind people. Oh yeah, duh. Um, <laughs> they read it. Yes. Like oh yeah, duh. They read it like except, a normal person. That's except, why you tricked me. I'm like so confused. What? Okay, but what if they're dyslexic? Ooh. Ah, so Ooh. Jehovah's Witnesses have just released the entire Bible on sign language. What? Yeah. That's amazing. The entire Bible. Because, you know, a dyslexic person, of course, can uh, listen to the Bible on, you know, online or whatever. Now you can watch it online. Wow. It's a slightly dodgy actually- translation that they yeah. have, but, you know, it's, it's, it's probably better than no translation. That's pretty clever, though. Like, it's I didn't very clever. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, people that can't hear, well, you would just read it, which is... Yeah, like you wouldn't need to. But yeah, if you so far they've had uh, they have, just they yeah, just finished disabilities it. and stuff. Yeah. The last book that they finished was the book of Job. They just finished it, and they've had sixty million downloads so far. Whoa, that's huge! Deaf people wanting to read the Bible in sign language to see it to yeah, see to the see Bible it, to see it. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's really really cool. Someone needs to do a King James version. Come on, guys, get it together. Or, a, or you know, an NIV or ESV or don't, an NLT don't, don't, or a, even an, I'd be happy with a new King James version. Okay, just may as well have the. Uh... Don't say it. 
I'm just trying to remember the name of it. Don't say it. It has escaped my mind. But anyway, whatever. Um, I think that uh, anybody who's getting the Bible out there for um, humanity is a positive endeavor. That's good. Yeah. Can I tell you about my other really cool story that I found? Yes. Okay, cool. So there's a nine-year-old kid, uh, an Australian kid, who's earned himself a little bit of international fame. uh, And his name is Caden Bailey's. And he's been all over the news, all over social media. Um, This nine-year-old Australian boy um, has dwarfism and was being picked on at school a lot, being bullied a lot. Um, And basically one afternoon came home from school and he's crying and bawling his eyes out because he's been been bullied so much. And the mum grabs out her phone and starts filming because her son is saying things like, the kids in my class tell me to kill myself. Like, this kid is distraught. This kid is absolutely wrecked. So, the mum is, like, filming, um, yeah, basically her son as she tries to comfort him and say, look, I, like, I love you, I'm, you know, no matter, you know, what you look like. Um, and because that video went viral, it caught some pretty big attention and there was a GoFundMe page which was made to raise money um, for Caden so that he can... Uh, go to Disneyland and have fun and just be like a normal kid, basically, was the concept behind this GoFundMe page that was created. And it has made... The GoFundMe page itself has $308,000 and total, all of the money for Caden and his family raised has been over $470,000. Oh, wow. Raised for him and his family. But the really interesting thing I found is that when... um, like, obviously, his mum, because he's eight, nine years old. So, when his mum found out that this money has been put aside for him to go to um, to fly to the States, to go to Disneyland, she said, uh, nope, instead of doing that, we're going to donate it to a bunch of different causes. I, I, I think that is just so outstanding. They've because, put, you know, one person gets blessed and so many others that just sort of miss out. Because they... Sit at my table, a meager supply you might find. But oh, it's not what you see that makes me a king, makes me a king. Secret to hidden poses. 
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. That was the Forbes family with Treasures Unseen. Gemma. Yes. Let's have another clue for our city of the day. The next clue is, this was where Jesus met Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Okay. Where did Zacchaeus live? He was, um, yeah, we were just talking about a small person who was being teased for being small. Zacchaeus was exactly that. Mm. And when Jesus went down there, you know, this, this, this guy climbed up into a tree because, you know, he wouldn't be able to see otherwise. And Jesus is like, okay, come on down. I'm going to be eating at your house. And so very, very special story right there. Anyway, okay, what city did he come from? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669 and you will be getting your prize for the day. Okay, so dominating the news right now is this disease that would not exist if people did read and follow the Bible, (laughs) but is a sign of the times. The Bible says that these kind of diseases will be on the increase the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ. And so the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, has surged ahead in the the last few days. Um, Another 33 nations added... um, The infection rate in Italy has gone up by 40% in in 24 hours, uh, which has created some, some major reactions across the world. Australia just recorded their first death. Um, the U.S. had their first death from an indigenous outbreak. In other words, from an outbreak that a person caught in the United States rather than traveled into the United States with it. Yeah, I read that this morning, and because of that, the um, U.S. has closed off travel to um, Italy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Iran and a whole bunch of other... Mm. Uh, Italy, Iran, South Korea have become the uh, major centers at the moment for exporting the virus. Trillions of dollars have been wiped off stock markets worldwide. Whoa, 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 wait. Trillions? That's more money than my brain can handle. Trillions. Okay, so our farmers, have been, our farmers have been copying just an absolute... Beating here in Australia during the drought crisis mm-hmm. and the bushfire season. Now it is our tourist operators who are really getting hit hard. Because, I mean, the simple reality is that, uh, yeah, do you want to go on a cruise ship right now? <laughs> I keep getting these emails of these ridiculously cheap prices. And there's probably a bunch of places in the world where probably would be a good thing to go because you can prop up the economy a bit and you'll have the whole place all to yourself. Mm. Um, did Egypt not long after a terrorist attack, and it was just amazing uh, because we had all of the sites just to ourselves. <clears throat> okay, but churches are being closed across uh, South Korea. Online services are taking place. Of course, they have uh, 3,700 infections and 813 new cases in a single day. That's in uh, South Korea. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church has uh, brought in a, a, a nationwide closure of all of their churches in South Korea. Buddhist temples have been closed. In France, they have banned kissing. What? In France? Wow. <laughs> what? Okay, that might be a slight exaggeration. <laughs> you know how French people uh, will kiss you on both cheeks? Yes. They've said, no, don't do that. Wow. Until the, until the thing is passed. Wow. So I don't think they've banned kissing between couples. But, yeah, the kissing on both cheeks, they're like, no, that's not a good idea. Um, so they closed the Louvre Museum, which is massive. Mecca wow. Wow. in Saudi Arabia. Some of the major yeah. Islamic sites have been closed, just just closed down. 
It's amazing how much this has spread. Okay, like, now, that's this, crazy. If you want to look for a positive on it, air pollution in China is plummeting. I don't know whether or not to say yay or oh. Like, I yeah, mean, well, like, how yay, do you that's respond great, to that? But like, okay, mm. this is the first time that satellite images have been able to pick up just this massive, massive drop in air pollution wow. right across China. I mean, yeah, that's good, I suppose, but the reasons behind why. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how to respond first, to that. First like, time that's been observable okay. from space. Okay. Well, they were they observed a slight drop during the uh, Beijing Olympics when all the industry closed down for the Olympics, but um, you know, not on anything yeah. this kind of yeah. scale. So yeah, interesting uh, interesting times in which we live. We need to be starting to uh, think about and plan. What do we do if this virus gets hold here in Australia? Because China, with their strict you know quarantines and major shutdowns has bought us time and given us an example of what we could be facing and we sort of need to think about you know how should we prepare for it they were talking about the west coast of the u.s where people generally have a stock of food and water because of the danger of earthquakes Mm. and as a result they're better prepared for quarantine than a lot of other parts of the world we're certainly not prepared for quarantine in this country. It's something we never even sort of plan for or think about. Mm. But right now is something that we probably should be thinking about and, you know, planning our holidays accordingly. Maybe a holiday to the outback is a good idea right now. (laughs) I would highly recommend it. Did one last year. It was truly amazing. Okay, so um, on other news, and this is an interesting one, summers have gained across all capital cities in Australia an extra month. Summers, as in like... Summers have gained an extra month. The season of summer. The season of summer. So uh, basically looking at research from the Bureau of Meteorology between 1999 and 2018, comparing that with 1950 to 1969, Mm. and that they've found that summers have gained an extra month and winters have lost about a fortnight. Okay, so global warming... Okay, this is really interesting. Um, So Melbourne has gained 38 extra days to summer. That's over a month. And lost 19 days to winter. Oh, no. So 19 days of... I, I don't know whether Melbourne would notice that or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably should. Just offended all the Melbournians this morning. All the Victoria now hates us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we love you guys. Never mind. We just um, have this round thing in the sky up here that we that's yellow. We call it the sun. Oh, but see, I like winter and you like summer. So this is probably great for you. I'm like, oh, no, we're missing out on winter. You need to move to Tasmania. Maybe. Um, okay, so Sydney has gained 28 days to summer and lost 15 days to winter. Oh, sad. Uh, Canberra has gained 35 days to summer and lost 35 days to winter. Whoa. Yeah, and that's not such a bad thing for Canberra because it's like the frost capital of the... Australia. Of the world. Australia. Australia. It's like, places freezing down there. So much colder than Tasmania where I grew up. Nice. Um, and some of the regional areas have uh, really copped it quite significantly. So Port Macquarie gained 48 days of summer on average. Wow. Between 1999 and 2018. So these are pretty significant figures, which is one of, probably one of the reasons why we're getting you know colonies of tropical fish Mm. actually living in the region of Sydney Harbour. How are they measuring the days, though? Like, just the heat on average is how they're deciding that it's technically summer or... 
I don't know, hours that there is sunshine? Like, how are they? Okay, so they take um, the average summer temperatures. Yeah. Between 1950 and 1969, they measure when those average summer temperatures arrive. Mm. So you've got your three months of summer. Yep. And then they take those same average temperatures and they are able to then calculate when those same average temperatures will arrive. Huh. And that way they have calculated, yeah, we have uh, a lot more summer and a lot less winter. True. There you go. Now, for me, I... I hate winter. It's my least favorite. No, winter's I'm, the I'm best. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a summer fan. Ugh. Bring on summer. Yeah. It's the best. I don't know what's wrong with... I'm rolling my eyes so hard world. right now. <clears throat> which is kind of weird because I grew up in Tasmania, which is... You know, and growing up in Tasmania, we never, ever thought of it as being a cold climate. Tasmania? Yeah. Mm. Uh, when you when you grow up in a place, it's like, what do you mean? Mainlanders would come down and be like, "Oh, it's so cold down here." How I've never been to Tasmania. What's your like average for a summer? Like, what you who you love winter and you have I've cold colder weather? I said, no, and you've never been to Tasmania. No. What's your average for summer? Like, what would your top temperature be on a summer? Oh, um, Tasmania has nice mid to high twenties through summer. Oh yes. Uh, occasionally you have days in the 30s and you will get days definitely that hit the mid-40s on occasions. I've had plenty of those as a young person, but a lot more rarely. You know, we expect a couple of weeks Mm. of it, you know, every year up here in uh, New South Wales, but you certainly don't um, get as much of it. Tasmania, look out, I'm coming for you. Yeah, it's becoming a climate haven. The real estate's going through through the roof down there. Okay, Vocal Union, he will lead his children home. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. We read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord said, Brother Jonah, go to Nineveh land But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command From the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty wind that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. The Lord has raised.
raise the dead and cause the blinded to see. Cleanse the leper spots and turn the water to wine. The Lord's the same today and now forever will be. There's no other power like the Savior divine. The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's sin. He rolled the waters back before Moses and his men. He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin. The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew. He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too. He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do. Never will forsake us, matter not what may come. Safely he will lead his faithful children on home. You're listening to Vocal Union. Welcome back. We're about to launch into our interview of the day. Before we do, we have Gemma with the quiz of the day. What city am I? The next clue for the quiz of the day is this was the first city taken by Israel after they crossed the Jordan. Okay, so we know that this city geographically is in the region, the location of the Jordan River and specifically the area in which the Israelites crossed after being in the wilderness. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. Joining us this morning on the phone from Melbourne this time is Dr. John Ashton, one of our regulars here on Faith FM. Dr. John Ashton, welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. Uh, before we get started, uh, I understand you're down there in Melbourne. You have some meetings taking place? Uh, I'm at the uh, International Hydrocolloids uh, Conference and um, I'm uh, speaking there this afternoon and chairing one of the sessions uh, there. So hydrocolloids, uh, a common name for those are gels. So in uh, the food industry, gels uh, play a very important role in uh, the different types of foods that uh, we have. Um, and one of the areas that uh, is particularly important is the uh, the growth of uh, liquid breakfast foods, such as sanitarium cup and go. And one of the challenges that we have there is how can we get more dietary fibre into uh, beverages, not only liquid breakfast, but other beverages to make them uh, healthier and, and deliver more health benefits. So that's some of the things the conference is speaking on. And uh, we have... Uh, guests, uh, speakers and delegates from uh, around the world coming here, Europe, United States and so forth. Oh, wow. That sounds, uh, that sounds fascinating, John. Um, we, have a, we have a specific question because, of course, you come on and talk about the subject of creation and evolution. Gemma, uh, our co-host here, has been you know, talking with friends of hers. They have posed certain questions that she would like to pass on to you. So, Gemma, what was, what was your question for Dr. John Ashton this morning? I'm so excited. One of the questions that I always get asked is when we're talking about the topic of yeah creation and uh, versus evolution. And I think a lot of my friends will say, well, there's evidence for evolution because of something that they call microevolution. I don't know if that's the official name for it or anything, but it's the concept that um, evolution exists and is real and, and happened because and still happens because um, we see evolution taking place. For example, like the color of the human skin, like people that live on around the equator or in places where they get more heat typically have darker skin and people that live in colder climates typically have lighter skin or, you know, the height of human beings is now on average higher than it would have been 50 to 100 years ago. So in examples like that, you can see how 
microevolution would have taken place. So that's not between a different species, but evolution that happens within a species. And because we can see that, that's proof of a larger idea of evolution. And my question is, is that legit? Is that real? Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And I, I think this is um, uh, the scenarios that you present uh, are commonly presented in, in textbooks and uh, museum uh, exhibitions and um, and websites and so forth. For example, in the Smithsonian, one of the, uh, which is, you know, a leading uh, science uh, research uh, group and museum in the United States, um, one of the examples that they uh, used to give on their uh, website with regard to evidence for evolution was, for example, if... Um, you might have uh, mice migrating to <clears throat> an area uh, or, 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 say, the climate changes and uh, we have a drought and so there's less vegetation in an area and um, so there's more exposure to, say, the sand. And so the, the little mice or it might be little, you know, creatures, marsupials or something that live in that area, um, that... Uh, those that have dark fur are now going to be more easily picked off by, uh, you know, birds of prey on the on the uh, white sand, yellow sand, and so those uh, mice or little animals that have the lighter coloured fur, they blend in and so they they survive. Mm. And so this is, um, you know, the survival of the fittest scenario that we we hear about. But when you think about it, really, what's happened is we've lost genetic information when that happens. In other words, as those little light-coloured mice breed, um, they have lighter offspring often, and so we're losing genetic information. And so this whole concept of survival of the fish at fittest um, results in the loss of genetic information, not evolution. But we do see these changes occur. We do see different type, uh, these, these uh, types of ev evolution occur. But when we actually look at the mechanism, we see that what has happened is that there's been a, a lot of a lot of information, and that's very easy to do, and that can happen by mutations as well. Mutations can, can knock out part of the code. And so, for example, one of the classic examples that uh, Darwin saw on the uh, islands off uh, Africa there was that uh, some of the islands had wingless beetles and they were very windy islands. And, and the reason was that, of course, that any beetles that had wings were more likely to be blown off the island. They didn't have the opportunity to, to breed. So the, these sort of examples occur, but they involve the loss of genetic information. Now, what to have a new species... You have to have totally new code formed. You have to have totally new genes formed. And this type of evolution isn't observed. But we observed evolution where, for example, often uh, genes are sitting there, but they're not switched on. They're not operative. And we know that environmental factors such as uh, stress, such as even just simple things like pressure, physical pressure, can switch on and off parts of the DNA. So, for example, physical pressure on bacteria can switch on different genes. But this is well, those genes are there all the time and they're, they're dormant. Um, 
So there are lots of um, examples uh, like this. Uh, another classic example that um, was cited by uh, Richard Dawkins uh, in his book uh, Evolution, The Greatest Show on Earth, uh, was the case where uh, Dr. Richard Lensky at uh, Michigan State University was looking for evidence that evolution could occur. And he bred bacteria, E. coli bacteria, through thousands of, of generations. And they studied these bacteria. And they went through about 30,000 generations and there were no significant change. But then they suddenly found that the bacteria were uh, multiplying much more rapidly, breeding much more rapidly. And they found that what had happened was the bacteria could now utilise the compound citrate um, in the, which was in the media that they were growing the bacteria on. They could use that now as a new food source. So they had selected bacteria that couldn't use citrate. Um, and now suddenly they could. And so it said, see, this is an example of mutation. There's been a mutation now that has enabled these bacteria to use citrate. This is now we have, you know, evidence of evolution. But when they looked at, when they did further research, um, the, uh, the researchers at uh, the university there in Chicago found that all that had happened was that there was already there a gene for the transport molecule um, to enable citrate to pass into the cell and so for it to utilise citrate. But it wasn't switched on, hadn't been activated. And what happened was there was a mutation that duplicated a, uh, a switch-on uh, cell, part of the, the genes that switch-on uh, organisms, uh, switch-on genes. And so this little switch-on uh, compound had been transplanted in the DNA next to that gene. So it now switched on that gene. And so that's why the bacteria could use it. But the important point is that, sure, that was now that species that, or that particular uh, strain of E. coli could now use uh, citrate. But the thing was the gene to utilise citrate was already there. The information wasn't already there. Now, what Darwinian uh, evolution requires is totally new information to occur, and that's never been observed. So these so-called cases of microevolution, yeah, evolution occurs all around us. The top 10 food poisoning bacteria that we now have to deal with in the food industry have probably evolved since about 1970. And how they've evolved is, again, by another mechanism, and that is where the, uh, we have, say, a bacteria that might survive in us. It might be, it might be an E. coli bacterium. We have a lot of E. coli in us. Um, and it, it's some harmless bacteria that will survive in us. In other words, it has acid-resistant genes to resist the stomach acids, which would normally destroy bacteria. It has uh, adherence genes so that it can adhere to the, the gut wall and find a little home for itself and survive down there. So it has these requirements, but it has no toxins, so it's not harmful to us. Now, under certain conditions in the environment, those type of bacteria can come alongside other bacteria that have a toxin in them. And what bacteria can do is they can actually transfer part of their genes using what we call a prion, a little piece of active genetic material, 
can transfer from one bacteria to another. So the genes for a toxin for this uh, bad ba- uh, for a toxin from the bad bacteria can transfer to a good bacteria, and that now becomes the bad bacteria that can survive in us. But again, that genetic information was already there; it was already in existence, but it led to the evolution of a new toxic type of bacteria. Now, that's very different to the requirements of Darwinian evolution. So in Darwinian evolution, for example, when a fish evolved into an amphibian, as they claim, you have to have totally new genetic codes that never existed before that transform, for example, the fin section into uh, an arm, shoulder blade, you know, elbow sort of system so that it now has a, a forearm and so forth. The difference is that totally new codes that never existed before are required to form, and that never occurs. All the examples of evolution that we observe in nature and the ones that are reported in textbooks as having been observed all involve situations where there is either the elimination of genetic material, there's the duplication of existing genetic material, or there is the transfer of pre-existing genetic material from one organism to another. So it's not actually evidence for Darwinian evolution. It is evidence that evolution occurs, but not the evolution that's going to produce what uh, Darwin proposed is the total uh, development of all the different flowers, plants, animals and birds, fish, etc. that exist in the world. Wow, John, that is probably the most comprehensive answer I've ever heard on that uh, subject. I was sitting here, and as I was listening, I'm like, well, what about this? And then you would answer that question. i go, well, what about this? And then you would answer that question. I think you've got it uh, quite, um, quite, you know, well yeah, summarized it's, there. It's, yeah, and, I, and the thing is that this information is sort of put out in textbooks as if this is the evidence that we have now that the Darwinian system works. But it's a totally different system. It's a totally different mechanism. There's no known mechanism that can explain the origin of totally new genetic information. And the other thing that I guess we we need to understand is that if, for example, a fish evolved into an amphibian, began to develop some limbs, right, so that it could, uh, could move around, when you think about it, you've got to make codes or you've got your code for your little fin, but if you change that into an arm, you've got to encode for, you know, all, not only all the new bones, but all the new ligaments, all the new muscles, all the new blood vessels, all the new nerves, all the new pathways in the brain, and all those new uh, mutations that would have to form all have to coordinate. They all have to work together. They all have to be just right so that the the whole thing, you know, uh, works. And the codes to do that are absolutely enormous. They would involve hundreds of thousands of new pieces of code letters. And they would all have... And so that's sort of right, writing a bio... You're getting a two-year-old to sit down at a typewriter and write a biochemistry textbook of five or six hundred pages that worked, that and, made sense. And, and, John, let's say that 
you know, this new code was written, let's say that it did happen, but there was one or two mistakes in it, wouldn't it mean that then what was produced would actually be a defect rather than something that was useful and therefore the process of evolution would get rid of it? Well, exactly, yes. Because so you have to have uh, all the code exactly the, right for it to actually stay there. That's right, yes. Uh, for, if you're partly developing something, it's going to be a hindrance and it would be eliminated. And, of course, there's the other fact, too, that most times evolutionists uh, ignore, and that is that the system that we observe in DNA replication has built-in mechanisms to eliminate defects and mutations all of the time. And so they they just don't don't survive. The DNA has its own repair mechanism. Now, you know, due to ultraviolet light, and there are replication errors that do occur when the two gamete cells come together, particularly in sexual type uh, reproduction. There are uh, errors can occur um, in the in the duplication, and what these lead to typically is the failure of the organism. Uh, or disease, mm, mm. and uh, that's you know that's the the hard fact is that there's actually no evidence that we observe for the Darwinian evolution that is claimed in the textbook. Dr. John Ashton, it's thank you, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Unfortunately, we uh, we've run out of time, but it's been fantastic having you on the show once again. Um, You're very welcome. Yes, thank you so much. We'll continue with the show. We're back after this song and the uh, 8 o'clock news with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Sweetest days of childhood Playing in the deep woods Stomping through the creek And feeling oh so much alive Camping in the forest, we join the cricket chorus And hum our songs of gratitude around a crackling fire And out here in the stillness, I found my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral Beneath the blue skies I ran down to be baptized I felt the river wash me clean Dried beneath the sun To this day believing When wide awake or dreaming I scan the ancient sky And understand where I belong Cause out here in the stillness I find my house of worship with column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral This is where I find my soul Out where holy men of old first knelt in soul And thanked you for the rain Wrote the psalms that filled the air Herald angels sang their prayer Out beneath your darling constellations So let me often wander In robin's song and thunder 
Surrounding me with stained glass leaves That change with every breeze And out here in the stillness I'll find my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral Time is short, so let's get straight to the point. If you want to change to a career in teaching, Adventist Schools Australia is offering a guaranteed employment opportunity. How? Have a bachelor degree. Enroll in a Master of Teaching at Avondale University College. Uphold the Christian ethos. This is the career change you need with the job offer you want, guaranteed. Called to be a teacher? Called to be at Avondale. Full terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi guys, it's Baron here from Drill Wooden Toys and I'm a local member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Warrigal. We just want to invite you and your family to worship Jesus Christ with us on Saturdays. We have a kids program and an adult Bible study starting at 10am then the divine service at 11.30. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church in Warrigal.
心。